We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast and videocast if you're on YouTube. Uh, Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss for the uh, Short term here, it is uh, end of uh, week 14 on Monday morning. Still got the uh, Monday night game tonight, but uh, Chris, how was your week? It was good. I had a good week against the spread, but I got to just have a caveat here, and you may have to do a little solo work. Heather left me with this guy. Yeah, we got a special guest today. Uh, There we go. It's Oscar, right? And so I'm not above exploiting this guy for page views. I don't care. I wouldn't do it with my kid, but with my dog, I don't really care. Um, (laughs) So, uh, okay, hang on. It's good. And she's like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll sleep. But I don't know that that's the case. So I'm going to put him in my lap. He's small. You can see he's not very big. He's in this blanket that he likes. And we're going to hope this works. If not, I'll have to put him in the cage and he'll whine in the other room. But all right, Oscar, that's your, this is your big uh, debut. Everyone can see how handsome you are. And that's that. Okay, now go back to sleep. Okay. Wake him up and then go back to sleep. I, I hear that technique yeah. works all the time. <laughs> well, I had to, you know, he had to uh, understand the parameters. He's got to sleep for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, so both of our teams laid eggs yesterday. There's no way to get around it. They were both terrible, terrible performances by our respective teams. Mine I expected. Yours, you know, we, we were the era of good feelings there. And now, now it's poof, gone just like that. Well, let's start with the positives. The defense played really well. They it held did. the they held the Cardinals to four point nine yards per play, and this is despite being on the field for thirty eight minutes. Right? I mean, they were 
it was just unfair how badly. And then there was like that total bullshit, like Bruce Lee karate kick on the uh, I kick saw return. That. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's like, you can't kick the ball out of a guy's hand. So that was crap. That was a huge turnover early in the game. But the bottom line was Daniel Jones probably should have been playing. Like he wasn't very mobile. His hamstring wasn't right. But also, he's just terrible. Maybe it had to do a little bit with his hamstring, but the brain and the hamstring are two distinct body parts, last I checked. And he just got to get rid of the ball. He just could not get rid of the ball. Now, I understand maybe he would have taken off normally if he you know, had a good hamstring, so that's part of it. But he took six sacks, and he fumbled three times. He only lost one fumble. I think it was taken almost to the house. Now, they ran him down. They ran the guy down. Uh, but it was just truly... Uh, they were, it was hopeless. You know, they're, they just could not pass protect. The line did not play well, but Dan, Danny Dimes sometimes had a couple of seconds and it's just like, throw it away, throw it into coverage. Just who cares? Just don't take sacks. And pocket awareness has always been his weakness. And that's what happened uh, on Sunday. And it was, it was horrible. Their offense got dominated. Their defense played well. It was just, they finally the damn broke after just being on the field all day. Oh, exactly. And, and the thing is, even when the damn rook didn't really break, I mean, the Arizona offense was just thoroughly mediocre all game. I mean, they moved the ball a little bit. They were in, they were in Giants territory, but they had trouble finishing drives. They just, I didn't feel like they had a lot of big plays in them. Um, but, you know, I, I get the idea that Daniel Jones should never have played this game. That, you know, he, he wasn't 100% yet, and he needs to be. He needs to have that mobility. Uh, that's what makes him effective. Otherwise he is Colt McCoy basically. Yeah. I mean, he's got an arm. He can attack down the field. He's actually can make any throw. He can throw on the move, mm-hmm. but, uh, but to throw on the move, you have to be able to move also. Right. So he's better than Colt McCoy. Or he, he makes more mistakes than Colt McCoy. So in some ways he's worse, but you know, if they want to win the division and win a playoff game or even have a chance, they need a healthy Daniel Jones. They're not going to win with Colt McCoy. Their defense is decent. It's not that good. They have Wayne Gallman. He's okay. You know, it's like their players aren't good enough without good quarterback play. And Jones at least gives them a chance. I, I think there's a good chance they move on to another stop by the uh, keyboard, please. Uh, they, there's a good chance they move on to another QB next year. And I'm not necessarily against it. I think Jones is kind of a mixed mixed bag. He certainly has the athleticism you need today to play quarterback in the NFL. We saw with Jalen hurts, how night and day it was to have a, a quarterback with mobility. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he just, he just has never learned to feel the rush and he's never learned to just, even if you don't feel it, have a clock in your head and get rid of the ball. Right. Right. And, uh, he definitely likes that. I mean, you talked about this beginning of the season that you need a quarterback with a semblance of mobility, unless he's Dan Marino back there. Uh, is you just it's just the today's NFL. You need that. It, it exploits the rules better, and it gives you a chance to. Uh, and with these, you know, you got you know, there's a lot of the innovation in the game seems to have been on the offensive side, but I guarantee you it's been there on the defensive side too. Like how do you generate a better pass rush? How to you know you get guys like Chase Young that you know they're hyper athletic uh, and yet huge too, and it. Those, you know, or, or Aaron Donald, you know, and granted, those are two extreme examples. Point is, though, that, that the new NFL defensive end is just as advanced as other positions. I mean, everything evolves. Right. And if you're a fossil, then sometimes, uh, you, you know, you have a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Um, it's just, you know, the Giants won a game in week 16 last year in overtime against the football team. And that was a huge mistake. 
because then they pick two if they don't win that, and they get Chase Young. I think they would have. I mean, you never know. Right. And instead of Andrew Thomas, who looks like a bust and he got destroyed yesterday. Um, and imagine if they had Chase Young. I mean, all of a sudden, this defense is one of the best in the league. And, you know, we're, they're probably in first place easily. And it's a whole different story. You know, yeah. they would have drafted a, uh, a running back, I mean, a uh, lineman in the second and third round instead of just the third round. Xavier McKinney, the safety they drafted. Has barely played because he had a foot injury in preseason, so he hasn't made a difference. So they would have had a lineman anyway, probably played at least as well as Andrew Thomas, probably better, and had Chase Young. So that win was bad. I mean, teams don't really tank in the NFL unless of the Jets, but or the Jaguars. We got to talk about that for a second here. Okay. But yeah, not starting Minshew for a couple of weeks. Right. If healthy. Minshew was healthy enough to play yesterday, he should have been starting. Period. There's no way. There's no reason for Mike Glennon to start. He's not young. He's not good. There's no like, oh, we got to see what we have in Mike Lennon. No, right. that, it's straight up tanking. There, there's right. Well, that's it, right? I mean, that that's the way and we talked about this with the Jets. If they were like throwing a game, it's you know a close cousin to uh, point shaving. But we're saying the legit way to do it is just start younger players, trade away your veterans, try to win with. Start, with the cra- start the crappy veteran over the younger player that might actually still have a chance to be good. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Well, but that's borderline point shaving, right? Like that's, it's not in the game point shaving, but that's borderline. That tanking gets to be a little shady, right? Like which if, is if exactly just, what they did though. Yeah. Right. So, so like if you're just starting your young guy, who's not quite, you know, if you were starting to, uh, or Fitzpatrick, even though you thought Fitzpatrick was better, that's not shady. Cause it's legitimate. Uh, there's legitimate, something to be gained by going with Tua, but there's nothing to be gained by going Glennon over Minshew. Right. Two weeks ago, Glennon was okay against the Browns last week against the Vikings. He was actually part of the problem. He was a turnover machine. And then yesterday against the Titans, the the dam broke. And, you know, and the thing is it got worse each week because now teams had some film on him and they could really exploit his weaknesses and exploit them. They did, uh, eh. That was that was one of my whiffs and staff picks. I think I was ten and five, but I, I I was not even remotely close on that game. So I was nine and six, and it's funny in the observations piece I noted like usually when you you only notice luck when it's bad luck, like some you have a bad beat you complain about it or whatever, right. but you don't notice the good luck. But I started thinking the Dolphins covered. Not only did they backdoor cover in a game that they were getting blown out, but the Chiefs kicked the field goal to go ahead, and the Dolphins down nine. Set, got the quick field goal first, which is, you, know, you need the two scores and they don't always do that. Sometimes they right. get too close and they go all four downs and don't make it and then don't cover. So they got that. But then the lions did the exact same thing. It they beautiful. got it in seven green Bay got it to 10. So didn't care. And the lions got a little too close, but then they took like a sack or did something or a penalty or something. So that was like a longer, then they kicked the field goal. Beautiful cover. I got yep. both of those. I got the chargers. It took two fourth quarter, Matt Ryan interceptions Ugh. and a made field goal. And the Chargers not dropping, falling apart to cover. So I got three. And the fourth one, uh, which was just as miraculous as all the others, what was the fourth one? I wrote it down. It was, it was something else crazy that happened where, oh, it was the, the Bucks. Oh, I mean, God. Dan Bailey. Oh. Yeah. Ten points. Of, and, and, like, one of them was, you know, a 36-yard field goal. One of them was an extra point. But one of them, the 54-yarder, you're like, all right, they're just giving them this. So, like, it's a low-pressure thing. If you miss a 54-yarder, no big deal. He kicked that thing as though there were up a separate set of uprights, 30 yards to the right of the, of the uprights. Like it's one thing that like kick a 54 yard field goal and it's like, you know, a yard short or 
a couple yards wide, left or right. It's something to at the onset of the kick, it's heading in a trajectory that's going to like the corner of the end zone. You know, right. I mean, it's like, dude, that's not even close. Like, it what was like that doing? Soldier Field win game, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. it, but except it was only for one team, and it was only you know <laughs> that one yeah. kick. But not only that, there was the BS uh, PI call for, on the hail mary to Gronk that gave the Bucks an extra three points, free three points right. at the end of the half. No one ever calls that. Never. And it's Gronk who says, Gronk always does this too. It ticks me off. He initiates contact like nobody's business. And, oh, it's interference. It's a Hail Mary and he's initiating contact. He runs right into the DB and they call it on him. I mean, it was ridiculous. Now, I'm on the Bucks too, so I'm like, yeah, okay, it's great. In fact, that Bucks were my best bet. You know, what an idiot I would have been. You're a genius. You're a genius, man. You really, you know, not everybody priced in all those misses. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know. All those sharps, you know, they think they're so slick, but there are so many bad kickers again, two weeks in a row. Um, and, and we didn't even have Zane Gonzalez to kick around this time. I mean, he, he literally wasn't there. He, he had a, he was out with a back injury. So Dan Bailey instead, st- you know, just lived up to it again. Who else? There was some, there was some oh, other the jets, bad. the jets. Sergio oh God. Castillo was terrible. Yeah. He was, uh, he used to be called Yairo, Jairo Garcia. He, used to clo- <laughs> he closed a while for the giants and A's. He uh, he missed three out of four, and all three of the misses were inside of forty-five. You never see a kicker miss three inside of forty-five. And they were all early. It set the tone. Like they, once it got to twenty-one-three, it was all over. Game's all over. There's no way they're covering. And now I had the, the thirteen and a half or whatever. It's thirteen and a half that we had right on yeah, the Jets. I laid the wood. I, I made it thirteen and a half, so I got to choose. And my rule is, if I make it exact, I I thought, oh come on, the Jets will cover. They they're playing you know, okay. Except for, you know, I mean, they almost beat the Raiders and they, they covered a couple of times and the Seahawks have two good players on the whole team. I'm like, no, I'm going to go against it. And it was perfect. It was like the Seahawks. It was just one of those games where the Seahawks have been struggling. The jets mailed it in and the Seahawks dominated from the start. And yeah, you're right. The little hope they had when they got to drive missed short field goals. Yeah. You know, I was just laughing at the jets. Like oh, they had the oh, long really? kick return. No points from that. It was I, just, it was a joke. You know, I set the line at 13. And so, and I, but I thought my, I guess what the line would be was 10 and a half. So I'm like, uh, I really wanted to be, on, to the be on the Seahawks here. No, you are on the jets. I have to follow this process. Of course, right. I didn't follow that process with Falcons chargers. I was actually on the, the Falcons at the last second. Remember I said, Oh, I'm going to bet the team, not the number. But in that case, I chose the number that put it would put me on the chargers. This is all that one's on me. That's my fault. I just got cold feet. The jets one, I feel like a little snake bitten by, but so it goes. I could have had an amazing week. Could have been a contender, but uh, could have, should have, what is, is all that is. Um, no, I'm just happy I went nine and six, won my best bet. Yeah. The Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys were not that decisive. I mean, they got lucky toward the end of that game, like in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I was like, wow, the Bengals are moving the ball. They might actually cover here. But then Brandon Allen got hurt, and then there was like a turnover. There's a couple of things that happened in that game where. It went from the Bengals, like, all they needed was one drive to Dallas just salting it away. So that was nice. Oh, well, the three fumbles in a row in the first half were yeah. just the story of the game. I mean, they, they gave moved them all the In each of those drives, they had at least one first round. The, the third of them, they were down, like, around the 20. And someone, a Bengals beat writer goes, the Bengals are now in, fumbling, in the fumbling zone. Uh, it was pretty funny about that. Uh, they, they, one of them got returned for a fumble. I mean, it was a great week to stream the Cowboys defense. If you had the courage to do that. It worked out really well. There were so many, but there were so many defensive touchdowns this week too. There were the Cowboys, the football team twice. 
last night the uh, Bills, uh, the you know there there were a lot of them. The Rams on Thursday night, uh, the Broncos had the punt return. It was a lot of that stuff out there. Yeah, Erickson fumbled the ball for the Bengals. That that happened. No relation. Uh, Clearly, yes. no relation. It was a relation. Then you just disowned. We it. excommunicated then, him from the family for that. You executed him, and then uh, that's what they should do. There wouldn't be a lot. Defenestrated of Defenestrated you know, him. Yeah. Speaking of uh, lessons learned from fumbling, Gio Bernard. I didn't realize. Yes. That time. Hasn't fumbled since 2013. 830 touches. The the uh, active leader in consecutive touches without a fumble. Fumbles and gets benched for a half. Yeah, who the so hell Zach is Zach Taylor, Taylor to do that? Exactly. I mean, what he is he? What is years. Zach Taylor going to teach Gio Bernard? He taught him a lesson. He taught him a lesson. He said, "Listen, I know you haven't fumbled since 2013. Maybe you're getting a little lax about this. Maybe this isn't foremost on your mind anymore because you just don't fumble anymore. Oh, you fumbled. I'm going to teach you a lesson. You'll relearn the importance of not fumbling. Yeah. You know, and that way, if in 2027, you know, you're you're due to fumble again, uh, maybe you'll not fumble. You'll think twice." Yeah, I was on the fence about whether Zach Zach Taylor needed to be fired. Now I say fire him into the sun. I mean, I was trying to tell you, Jeff. You were. You need you need to show improvement. They didn't protect Burrow. They didn't really get better in other areas. Like at least Joe Judge, right? The Giants' defense is way better than it was. Like that's just a fact. Now the line was playing better. It fell apart last week, but there were actually improvements made. And this is just his first year, right? Like they were they won four in a row after being one and seven. Like that's a good. That's usually some something to do with the coach, but the Bengals were winless last year until like they won one game or whatever or zero game. They they won a game. They last beat the year. Jets. They beat okay. the Jets. They won. Well, that's a quality win. That's a huge. And win. they 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 looked better at the end of the season. They had like that spirited game against Miami that was actually fun. You know, it was like okay, I can see some signs here. I can see some kernels. They were, of, they were strong. Okay, fine. They were strong one in fifteen. Yeah, I think there were two. I think they won two times. But uh, I, I, strong, I, strong. Oh, they're incredibly strong too. Incredibly strong two win team. Uh, but now, this year they regressed. Greatest, yeah, and their greatest achievement was to tie the Carson Wentz Eagles this year. Yes, exactly, exactly. So. And not only that, but to, like he alienated veterans on the team. You know, just stuff like that. You know, okay, it's one thing. Okay, I need to get in my own people. I need to show who's. He's got like little man syndrome. Like, you know, I don't know if it was he's normal sized human being, but point is like he had to have this like I'm the authority here sort of thing and, you know, belittle these guys. And that never works. Um, and so screw that. He's gone. Fire him into the sun. I mean, the last week against Miami was the worst, actually. They looked undisciplined. They looked like ugh, awful. And yeah, I, I understand they lost their quarterback. Brandon Allen, he was playing on one leg, but that fourth down, fourth and seven play where he threw it into the bleachers was crazy I bad. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, although not as bad as AJ McCarron not throwing it at all on fourth, fourth and taking a shotgun snap from fourth and inches after replacing Watson for one play, holding on the ball, getting sacked at the eleven. I get it. You're coming in cold. I mean, that's a that's a failure of the play design too to have him come out and shotgun. You know, it just have him hand it off for crying out loud, right? I mean, yep. the fact is, you weren't making the playoffs anyhow. What are you doing? What? What? How are you exposing Watson and all this? If Watson seriously, you know, he shows up on the the Tuesday injury report or Monday or even today later on the press conference. Well, we found out later he's got the sprained knee. We, he's out. I mean, what are you doing with him? Right. It's just crazy. But at least he's got all year anyway. I mean, there's nothing going on anyway. I mean, you'd have to have like a career damaging injury for it to. But these things add up, not, you know, this yeah. cumulative hits and all that. I mean, just I, I think I think those guys, I think most players like they want to accumulate stats. They want to play. But no, I, it's not that he's that he was yeah. playing. It's that 
they're exposing him to all this, that they have this crappy offensive line that, I don't know. Jordan Akins catches the ball. It's a moot point. Joe, you saw that drop, right? Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. It was like like a smack. Like you can hear the smack of the ball off his hands or what was it? Yes. Hands hands and helmet. It was, it was hideous. It's like he'd never played a game in the sun before. Um, And you know, he got blinded suddenly. I don't know. It was, it was really bad. Um, I want to go back to a couple of things, though. Uh, you, we were talking about the miracle covers. You know, I don't think people extend, understand the extent of the miracle for in Miami and getting that cover. Not only did they have the field goal shenanigans stuff, you know, remembering to get the kick, the field goal, and all that, but they lost Devontae Parker in the second quarter. They started. They lost Miles Gaskin on Saturday. You know, to, to COVID. It looks like he's going to be gone a couple of weeks. Uh, they're they're without like five running backs. Um, they lost Jakeem Grant in this game. They were already without Preston Williams. They lost Mike Gesicki for the last two drives. Those last two drives were a touchdown and that field goal to cover. They had nobody out there. They had Lynn Bowden making plays. He might be interesting, actually. He was a third-round pick. Um, so maybe he has actually got some talent. And he, they had uh, the backup tight ends. They had their four-string quarterback. I mean, it was a low-key low, low miracle. And I don't think people realize just how much of that was. It's just it was, They had so few people left. Right. If you consider they started the year with Fitzpatrick, a QB, and Williams and Parker as the receivers, and Grant is like the three. Yeah. And and you know their running backs were. Did they have Balaz this year? Or they cut him. That was they the cut. Jets no, they him? they cut him. And they all. Well, I say that might have been last year. It might have been last year, and the Jets had him for a minute. Yeah, I think maybe. But anyway, they had as their starters Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, and then like Patrick Laird. And then they had Gaskin was took over. He and was and Matt guy. Collins. I forgot Matt Collins. How could I forget? Matt, Matt Collins, Collins was the number two receiver, though. He had like yeah. six, six, seven catches. They and also so had they like were, two opt-outs in the beginning of the year, too, at wide receiver. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So like by the time, yeah, Albert Wilson didn't play. So like by the time you look at this game, there's like nobody who was basically even on. I mean, two was on the roster, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't expected to play for several weeks. So it just it is crazy that they made that comeback, and then after the Chiefs got the field goal because Tariq Hill goes out of bounds, I'm like, oh no, that means they're not going to be able to run out the clock, just right. you know, sitting on the ball three times. Now they're going to kick the field goal, they make it, and still Miami comes back. It's like 20 seconds left. They're on like the 30. It's like okay, just kick the field goal because we got to get the onside kick and throw a hail mary. And it was like just perfect. I mean, just you know, yeah. it's like you 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 claw all the way back, and it's you and me doing the work, Jeff. Like we're doing the psychological work. Yes, that's right. Doing the physical work. But we claw all the way back. We get into this game, and then it's so deflating to see it go back to ten, and then to you know for you and me to claw back to get that field goal. It's so rewarding and satisfying. Yeah, absolutely, it was. And you know, it, it, I felt like okay, a day's hard work is done here. I, I you know, it's it's we did our job, and they listened oh. to us. Unlike Anthony Lynn, who is doing whatever he's doing at the end of that first half there again. Just that he's another crazy. guy who needs to be fired right away. But that was weeks ago. But uh, but the other crazy thing was uh, Detroit Green Bay. Detroit scores the touchdown. First of all, they get jobbed on a great catch yes. by Marvin Jones on the one yard line. So they're supposed to get the touchdown and, and pull within seven, but it gets called out of bounds. God knows why. And then they actually drive down, take some time off, which I thought was good. Okay, and they scored the touchdown anyway. Okay, great. Now there's like seven minutes left instead of ten. But then Green Bay gets a long pass to Devontae Adams. They they're in field goal range. And then they get like a, a penalty or something happened. And it's a fifty eight yard field goal. And Crosby drills it anyway. 58. I know. 
come on, dude, to cover the spread. I mean, you know, that's just BS. I mean, come on, you kick a 58 yard field goal just to F me. That's ridiculous. Right. But then Detroit comes down. Same thing. They get a little too close. Then it's chase Daniel. Cause Stafford gets hurt. I'm like, Oh, this guy's terrible. But they get too close to get like inside the 15 and you're like, oh, now they're going to go for the touchdown on four downs. Cause there's a certain point when you're down 10, you need two scores and they're getting seven and a half that you're like, yeah, we could throw a hail Mary, but it's just better to throw in the end zone. Now do the onside kick and then try for a field goal, a long field goal. But then they got a sack or a penalty also. So then they got moved back to like, you know, third and 15 or whatever. And then, you know, so by that time it was like fourth and 15 from the 30 or 28 or whatever it was. Then the field goal is a no brainer and Prater's good. Knock that through. And we're good on both fronts. I mean, it never happens. You always like go through all the permit, all the things that need to happen right. to cover. And it never happens. There's always something goes wrong. Penalty, a fumble, something. And it totally happened. I know. I know. It's the perfect storm. You know, and Stafford only got hurt. You realize because that Marvin Jones uh, catch got overturned or didn't get, it didn't, didn't get overturned. It was ruled right. not a catch to begin with. And there, I don't know, that, there was two plays. Um, I'll we'll talk about them before we do a quick read. But and there are two plays. There's that play and the play in Philly with the Zach Ertz catch where both were reviewed and both were not overturned. And I'm like, how much more convincing do you need it to be? I, was there like that imperceptible move of the ball? We're back to what is a catch again? It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's a, that was definitely a catch. To me, it was just with Jones. It was just where his feet in and he got them both in. Yeah, it was clear. Darn. It was, it was absolutely clear. And, you know, it was a great catch. It was a great play. I mean, what a catch at the sidelines. Yeah. And later on in that drive was when Stafford got hurt. So, but for that confluence of events, we won't, we don't have Stafford. Now who knows what what we're going to have with Stafford next week. And the Lions have no reason to play him if he's hurt again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to talk Philly Saints, but before we do that, uh, sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of the sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, Chris, uh, let's talk a little Philly Saints. Jalen Hurts, I mean, that probably could have led with that, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. That was a big game. You know, not only did uh, you know it, it changes the seeding in the NFC, takes the Saints out of the number one spot. Now they're tied with the Packers, and the Packers beat them, so the Packers are the number one seed currently and have the better schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, the Saints play the Chiefs this week. So if they lose that, um, they may not even be the two seed. You right. Know, they may get below the Rams or below some other team. Although I think they, I think they beat the Rams. I can't remember earlier this year. Uh, but yeah, it it was a it was a big deal. And Hurts 
it wasn't just like, okay, they won the game. I mean, he passed the eye test to me. Yeah. He just was very smooth, very confident, great decision-making in terms of when to run, when to throw the ball away, when to try to complete a pass. I mean, it was just really good. He just looked really polished to me. Like I would take him over Danny dimes. I'd definitely take him over Alex Smith. I would take him over Andy Dalton. I mean, he's the best healthy QB in the NFC. So that's not saying much, but and then uh, Daryl Johnson was doing the broadcast. I watched a lot of that game and he's like going on and on about what a tough decision it is for Doug Peterson. And this is just a one week thing and it's going to be a process and what they're going to do with Carson Wentz and da, da da da. And I'm thinking, dude, are you, are you on hallucinogens? Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, are you this watching this game? Obvious. Have you watched any of the games this year? Are, this is the most obvious decision ever. One guy's got the triple crown and sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. The other guy beats one of the top defenses in the league, and it just looks really smooth and polished. And he's just, it's not like he's out of nowhere. He's a second-round pick that you use. He's like, they didn't expect to be in the situation. They thought maybe if, if Wentz got hurt, they would turn to Hurts as like an emergency measure. But Wentz is healthy. This is a surprise. It's like, dude, wake the F up. I mean, it'd be like saying, Oh, Justin Herbert. They didn't expect this thing to happen with Tyrod Taylor. You know, maybe they need to bench it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy talk. It's like your young guy that you drafted with a high right. pick looks amazing. Your veteran guy who you vastly overpaid, which is a sunk cost. And you have to deal with that somehow looked horrible despite getting so many chances and the excuses that you can make for Wentz. Oh, he was missing receivers. He didn't have his offensive line. It's not like Hertz was playing behind all those, you know, those guys were out for the year. Hertz was playing behind a compromised line against a great defense and just looked great. And so um, to me, this is a done deal. I think that the Eagles are now, again, a threat in the NFC East. I think the football team is maybe too far ahead after their win uh, in San Francisco or in Arizona against San Francisco. But uh, they, they do play the football team again. I think they're a game and a half behind, so they have to win that and then gain a game somewhere else. But the football team's not that good. Their quarterback plays bad. And Alex Smith so, got hurt yesterday. Yeah. But he's bad, too. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he got it out against the Steelers a couple of weeks ago, but he's not really good. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But, they, you know, they should have done this three weeks ago. That's that's really the only thing you could really say about it. But Daryl Johnson, I wrote about it. I'm like, you know, I'm sure Daryl Johnson, he's part of that Cowboys dynasty. He's probably friends with a lot of front office guys. You know, Troy Aikman and you know, important broadcasters, front office guys, that's how you get those jobs. You don't get like the big national gig, uh, unless you're, you know, somebody who plays well in, in those waters. And he probably knows a lot of the coaches, players and executives. And when you, you know, it's just, it, it's a hundred, it's a thousand times work, worse in politics, I'm sure. But once you're like an insider and you're close to all those people, it just shows like how your common sense can be completely destroyed. Like everyone else watching that game was like, Hertz is obviously the starter, but in his mind, knowing all the principles and the people who make the decisions, it's like, Ooh, this is a tough call because you know, I mean, the subtext right. is like a lot of people could look really stupid if they spent that money on Wentz and they just benched him permanently for, you know, and what are they going to do next year with this money? I mean, these are real problems that they're going to have, right. but it's not a problem to decide who's starting next week. It just would only seem that way. If you identify with the, uh, with the foolish people who, uh, who made the decision to extend Wentz with that kind of money. Right. And when they didn't have to either, that it was, it was done early. And yep. that was, that was part of the problem too. Uh, and other thing is too, like if, if you're an organization, lets the money decide who's going to start. You're, I mean, that's a sign of a bad organization because the money's already spent so, regardless. 
Eagles were the analytics. They were the uh, premier analytics organization. When they won the Super Bowl, right. the GM, Howie Roseman, I don't, I don't know what his name is, went on these shows and I was at the uh, Sloan conference. He was a speaker. He was like, Mr. Analytics. Oh yeah. We have a process and blah, 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 blah. Look, everyone has a spreadsheet. Everyone uses data these days. Okay. It's right. not, you're not, uh, you're not splitting the atom here, you know, looking at, uh, advanced metrics and these things, every team, except maybe, you know, the dumbest team does that now. Um, so they they had all this, you know, empty talk about that. And then they go and extend once when they didn't need to, and it's, you know, those are the moves that make or break all this little stuff, you know, with the margins, that's great. But I mean, you extend the wrong quarterback to a contract like that. That's, that's a real problem. Now give them credit for drafting Hurts. It looks like a great pick in the second round, but man, <laughs> you know, it's like you just, you just screwed up big time. Right. And you know, you can, you can do all the, you know, you, you can, you can cite process and all this stuff, but this is a a catastrophic error. It's not like, Oh, well, we signed a running back to a deal for a couple of years. Oh, you shouldn't have signed Derrick Henry, which looks false. You should have, in my opinion, I thought maybe after he had done all that stuff, maybe it was much, but he's great this year. If he's great one more year, it'll be, have been worth it for sure. But the, you know, your running back fails that you extended. Okay. Not, you know, it's bad. It was a waste of money, but not the end of the world. But you ex- you extend a QB at thirty something million per year with a hit against the cap like that this year and next and even some in twenty twenty two, man that that's oh yeah you're in a hole. It's a franchise defining decision, and yeah. th- th- there's all that is to that there. And so you just but once that's made, you got to go with the best player right. to help you win that's games. Right. Period. That's right. That's right. Period. And that that it's clearly hurts. You know, I love the Saints hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher in over fifty games. I forget things maybe fifty three more than that, maybe. Uh they allowed two yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It was Hurts and Miles Sanders. And it was because of Hurts. I mean, you, yes. you have to you have to, you know, decide as the defensive lineman, am I gonna smash the quarterback or am I gonna go after the running back? And you make one mistake and you're the contain there, and the hole opens up and Miles Sanders is fast. And once he got through the hole, that was it. He was gone. And you know, Hertz was getting through some large holes too, because you don't know, you don't know who's going to get the ball. And that's just a huge advantage. And Hertz, the thing why he's so good, he's not even that fast. Yeah. He's like as fast as Cam Newton in his prime. Like he's fast. I mean, that's obviously very fast for QB, but he's not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. He's not even close to as fast as those guys. He's much closer to Daniel Jones speed than he is to those guys. It's just that he's so smart about it. You get to see the instincts. He would know exactly when to take off, exactly yeah. when to scramble, exactly when to throw the ball away. That's, that's the talent. Yeah. You know, that's what Daniel Jones doesn't have. He's not, he's a great athlete, but it's like, dude, you got to just be able to read it and react quickly. And hurts just look incredibly smooth against a good defense. And that's why I think it's such a no brainer. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, they won the game. I mean, Taysom Hill didn't even play that bad. He missed a couple throws. Manuel Sanders was open in the end zone on one, mm-hmm. but Taysom Hill was okay. And he finally got the ball to Camara, by the way, he got him seven catches. So, right. That that you know that's a huge relief if you're in, you know advancing in your playoffs and because Breeze may not be back next week, but it wasn't really that. It was the Eagles defense played well, and Hertz just was really good. Yeah, and that, that I was just going to say. I think the Saints do really do miss Breeze still. I think there there are probably a couple critical plays here and there that he might have been able to make, but it's a different. He brings something different to the table there. Uh, we'll see, but uh, I. I it, I'd be stunned beyond belief if Hertz isn't starting the rest of the season, and then I, I think the and the Saints aren't going anywhere in the playoffs with Hill. They need they need Breeze. Yeah, they I could see them winning a game, I and mean, that was that road game in Philly against a QB that played flawlessly and really yeah. exploited his running ability. I mean, 
you know, I still think they'll, you know, Green Bay would be a good match no matter where that game's played against the Saints. The Rams would be a good game even with Hill. Those would be 50 50. Right. Uh, I, I think, you know, if, I mean, it'd be probably less than 50 50 in Green Bay. But if Breeze is back, the Saints are the best team in the NFC if they have Breeze. I think, I think, he's, I think they're better than Green Bay because defensively they're so much better. And right. the Rams, offensively, they're better. Not only that, but every team's entitled to have a day off, and this was kind of that for the defense. I right. felt too, and so yeah. it, it so it goes. Um, Steelers, two losses in a row now. Uh, I we both expected that. We both picked the Bills, yep. and you did. You picked the Bills, right? I did. Yes, I did. Okay, um, and it was it was a legit result too. Uh, it, it was clearly that I think the Bills were moving the ball better. The Steelers can't run. And they become very one-dimensional, and they have, you know, it's when you have an immobile quarterback that's relying on throwing the ball quickly, it, it kind of puts you in a spot. You know, Ben did a couple of things here and there to kind of buy some time, and it worked. That's how they scored that one touchdown. But he's not, he's not scrambling anymore. There's none of that. Um, it's mostly they, they're like, and they made all this whole like, uh, you probably you you watch the condensed version, obviously. So, yeah. like one of the things they're talking about, they don't ever run a quarterback sneak ever. Because they're trying to protect right. Ben, he's been through so much. Like never, they they just don't do it. That's like one dimension they just don't have in their offense. It's a little thing, but it just shows everything they've kind of, they've kind of contorted to kind of fit what they've got with him. And it, it's worked for most of the season, but the, the, this, the offense is kind of struggling right now. They got they got Pouncey back. That wasn't the issue in terms of the running game. The running game's just bad. Right. Doesn't matter, Connor. Doesn't make any difference. It's they can't run. And they throw short passes, which just take more effort to get yep. three, four yards. Deontay Johnson's not helping by dropping passes. Right. Uh, but, you know, they need Claypool down the field. But if those plays aren't developing fast enough. No. And so it's kind of like, okay, you got to hold the ball for three seconds if you want to get that deep shot. And they don't want him to do that. And Roethlisberger looks pretty good in terms of his accuracy. He, 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 you know, he looks fine throwing the ball to me. It's just the offense is not designed to generate you know, big enough plays. And if you have an elite defense, okay, fine. And the Steelers defense is pretty good. And against like, you know, average competition, weak competition, fine. You, your defense will hold them at bay. And they held the bills at bay in the first half. And besides the pick six, they would have been winning. Uh, but in the second half, when Josh Allen started playing really well and just finding gigs everywhere, then Pittsburgh was in trouble because they had to come back and they just couldn't do it fast enough. They couldn't, they got the one touchdown, but they just, they couldn't, make successive drives right and, and you so, know that's the thing is one drop kills a drive one penalty kills a drive when you're going right. four three five four you know there's none right. of these like 15 yard plays you know, you know it's just it's harder to convert all the time it takes and, away that margin error you can do those long drives with you know five yards of pop but you need a running game because that's the stop if you get five six yards of pop on your running game that's something that's reliable whereas you have to drop back and pass there's a lot of zeros there. There's a lot of incompletions. There's risk of a sack. There's risk of a turnover. So every time, you know, if you want to do a consistent, slow-moving offense, the run is better. A couple yeah. of short passes are cool, but the run is better because it's low upside, but it's it's low downside, and it's more solid. It's easier to execute. Right. So I, I think they're the worst of both worlds, right? They, they, they have the slow drives where one penalty, as you said, one drop pass can really screw them. But they're also not guaranteed to get the five or six yards because uh, they're they're passing every play. Yep, that's right, that's right. Um, 
by the way, uh, Carolina, Denver. We won't talk much about it except for that you owe me money. I know, I know, it sucked because the Pats got smoked on Thursday, and then, uh, and then, yeah, that's I had Denver I on the money line there, which uh, yes. that was nice. This is a little added bonus. That's too there. easy. It was too easy. It wasn't. Like, it was. Panthers I had to sweat up. it at the end. Yeah, the Panthers caught up for a second, but the problem was the Panthers defense couldn't stop them. Like the Panthers offense right. caught up and they were down five, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get this." And then they just couldn't stop Denver from scoring a touchdown. That was it. You know? Well, yeah. And the thing, the, the the dumb thing too was they had a chance uh, to tie on, on one drive, and they settled for the field goal from pretty short, and that moved it down to five again. It was eight, and they they moved it down to five. And it's, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to trust my defense. That defense that hasn't stopped anybody in the second half. First half right. was a dud of a, a game, both sides. Second half, you know, Denver was moving the ball. And it took them three plays to score. The only problem with Denver is they score too quick. But still, when, they, when you go up two scores like that, it's game over. Yeah. Um, so, so I was cool at the field goal. It was like five minutes left because they needed a two-point conversion. You're right. So, so what that meant was – if even if you got the touchdown, you still need a two point conversion just to tie. So it's 50, mm-hmm. 50 to tie and then 50, 50 still. Cause you're only tied. So it's 25%. Sure. Right. But if you get the field goal, which is easy from, you know, where they were, uh, you're starting to squirm around, but I'm going to hold off till the end of this uh, thing. Um, if, if you get the field goal, which is easy, now you're down five and now a non two point conversion, not only just any touchdown wins the game. Right. So it, basically you go from 25 to a hundred right? It's four times the, it's not just a field goal being going from down seven to down four, because that way, you know, down seven, at least you, you get the touchdown and you tie and then you're 50, 50 to win. So you have a 50% chance with the touchdown with the two, you have a 25% chance with the touchdown. Yeah. So that field goal is doubly good when you're down eight rather than seven. So I was actually fine with that, but yeah, you had to make a stop and they, they couldn't do it. And then they, you know, they, they did actually get the ball back at the end. They mistakenly ran a play right before the two-minute warning that was rushed and an incomplete pass. So they made it fourth and eight when they came back, or fourth and six, actually. And they ran this two-yard play in the flat. And, of course, it got tackled sticks. short. It's like stupid. Okay. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the other thing about the field goal that's good down, uh, down eight is that if, if Denver had gotten a field goal instead of a touchdown, you're still within one drive to tie it again. Yeah. So – if you, you know, if, if you go for the touchdown and they get a field goal, now it's an 11 point game and you're screwed. So that, you know, so it was, I, I like it, but it was, uh, yeah, they just, they're, you got to play defense. It's part of the game. Exactly. Anything you're working on with East coast offense for this week? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I was, can't remember. I wrote down some notes, but I, I forget what I wrote down. I got to look at it. All right. All right. Well, you know, Hey, Good first week of the playoffs, mostly for me. I've got one game where I'm getting smoked, but uh, in stake league. But you know, there, there's there's greater issues there. I saw that you were you were uh, talking Yang about how Joe Bartle destroyed me, and then you're getting destroyed by him just the same way. Yeah, I've got three yeah, guys tonight. Still, or two or three guys tonight. So I'll make it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have. I'll go into move into acceptable loss territory. Right. But very uh, important. It's incredibly important. Yes, more important. What's more important is to not lose a ton on uh, the stake bet, which I think I'll be okay. But uh, we'll see. I will not. I will not be okay. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I beat Schuler. It looks like I beat Schuler, but 
I just looked at the – I have to beat Schuler by like 100 to pass him and beat Len by like 70. And unfortunately, Len is ahead of me. I've just got Tucker going tonight. So yeah, I'm, you still got to – you got three more weeks. It's stake bet goes through week 17. So 25 yeah, a week Jalen might Hurts. get you there. I've got Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to carry me. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, listening to uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast with Chris and I. Uh, stay tuned tomorrow. We got Free Agent Tuesday with Joe and uh, Joe and Jake. Uh, Going to be covering that, and of course, listen. I are about to do the XM show today too. So, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review as always. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.